This is Offspin. The day I got my policy document, the kind of comfort that I felt that if something happens to me, my family will not suffer financially. I have never felt like that ever. Uh, even after seeing 90% returns a- annually from the stock market or seeing my uh, my my corpus hit that uh, financial freedom levels. No, it, I mean, I, it, nothing can replace that sense of relief that I have. This is that Offspin original you've all been waiting for. It's time for Let's Get Rich with Patu. We're in week three of Get Rich with Patu. The main man is in the house. Patu, how are you doing? Doing great, thank you. All right, today is we're going to dive straight into a question. No introduction, no googly question. I might wa- have one in the end, part two for you. It might get a little personal, and you can tell me to shut up and not answer it. It's your choice. But getting to today's question, here it is. Should I invest in insurance plans, products, or in fixed deposits? Which is best? I want to continue this question with a personal story, part two, from probably when I was in my early twenties, not so long ago, by the way. I, w- I remember this scene very clearly. We were sitting around the dining table at home. My mum, my dad, and somebody they trusted a lot who happened to be a, an insurance salesman, right? They knew him. He was the one who gave them their medical insurance. Um, I had just started earning, right? It was a new phase of my life where I kind of felt responsible. What should I do with my money? And in those days, the number one thing was about saving tax. And so you invest your money in particular places, you save some tax. And then this endowment plan was proposed. Let's not name the brand because, I mean, all brands do the same thing, right? These products which are endowment plans, which suppose something happens down the years, this is the amount of money that your parents will get and the nominees were my parents. It There was something about, um, you know, we can't, there is something called what was the term they used? It was something like uh, sum assured. That's the term they used. This is the sum assured. But I said, are you sure you can assure it? No, it actually depends on market. You know, if the markets go up, you get more. If the markets go down, you get less. And for some reason, of course, I was a complete novice. I said yes and paid the insurance. It was a yearly one-time payment. And then I paid it the second year and I paid it the third year. This continued for five or six years. And slowly I was getting wiser about how things worked, etc., etc. What I actually did after the end of six or seven years, I'll reveal at the end of the episode. But over to you, Patu. I speak too much as usual. How do you answer this question? Insurance products or FDs? I would say um, this is a wrong question to ask, first of all. And I would say the person who's asked this question should first not worry about products and uh, worry about what is it that he or she is aiming to do? Uh, because like we talked about in the first episode, uh, a recurring deposit or a fixed deposit is a savings product. And that is a, a very good option for those who have a short-term need. So they want to go on a holiday after one year, two years. They want to buy a bike, mobile phone, laptop, whatever. 
then they can start an RD or an FD depending on their cash flow. They have a small amount with them. They can start a fixed deposit if, or if they want to take it away from their salary every month, a small slice, they can start a recurring deposit. So that's how the, uh, the deposits work. So they are good for short-term needs, but not for anything else. Now, insurance products, um, I would say the only insurance product that we must invest in is a pure term life insurance product. Amazing. I feel so good to be right sometimes, when, but to re reinforces what I believed in for a few few years. And I call the term insurance as an investment, although many people will not, because it is an investment that guarantees my peace of mind and the uh, welfare of my family, my loved ones, in case uh, I'm not able to, uh, I, mean, I mean, in case I die and uh, they have to fend for themselves. So that, so that is an investment that guarantees me this peace of mind. And therefore, I view uh, pure term life insurance also as an investment. However, there are also a multitude of other investment products which give you something back. Uh, people always want something back. They ask me, if I uh, invest in this insurance product, what will I get? So, uh, exactly. So, let me interrupt you there, uh, Patu, very quickly. So, what a pure term plan is, when you pay the insurance, or when you pay the insurance premium every single year, whatever amount it is, you don't get a single rupee back ever. The only time when it pays out is when, unfortunately, you lose your life and your next of kin or your nominee gets the entire insured amount, which is a huge sum, Right. And I get my own colleagues, my own classmates who are much more educated than me or at least as well-educated as me who say, why do pure term plan? You get nothing back. And, and that's what Patu is talking about. So how do you counter that very strong cemented mindset in our country? Uh, so, uh, so what you just described is what is uh, now called as a plain vanilla term insurance plan because now people uh, the insurers have got uh, you know intelligent they know that uh, uh, people will buy an insurance product only if they get something back so they have now come up with term life insurance product with return of premium or, or with a limited uh, premium payment window and so on but i would say avoid all of that because they are a lot more expensive and just buy a simple uh, term insurance product where, like you said, you get nothing back if you outlive the policy. And if you don't outlive the policy, your nominees will get the sum uh, insured. Now, uh, of course, people are always going to ask, why should I invest in this? Because I get nothing. But like I said, you, I mean, I felt wonderful when I actually purchased my term insurance policy. Uh, I got it about 12 years ago. It's a very expensive policy. Uh, uh, my uh, my 60 lakh cover from LIC cost me a whopping uh, 36k uh, uh, um, a year because at that time I was uh, uh, obese and I had a high uh, blood pressure so they loaded the premium for that and in those days there was just only one online player today we have everybody selling online term insurance but um, that the, the day I got my policy document the kind of comfort that I felt that if something happens to me, my family will not suffer financially. I have never felt like that ever, uh, even after seeing 90% returns annually from the stock market or seeing my uh, my my corpus hit that uh, financial freedom levels. No, it, I mean, I, it, nothing can replace that sense of relief that I have. So like I said, 
you are paying for that sense of relief and you uh, and it, it's it would be irresponsible to assume that i can just buy myself uh, an endowment uh, policy or any kind of ulip or something for a very small premium and where the sum insured uh, is is just a fraction of what is actually required and uh, uh, you feel comfortable with that that's not possible so i would say the responsible thing to do is buy yourself that at least one pro or term insurance plan which everybody does and uh, you have to buy it and get the policy document in your hand to imagine what the the, the joy you get it is i i truly understand what you're talking about i had not bought pure term insurance until i had my first child which was also quite late right and that's when you really feel that sense of it's almost like a sense of accomplishment not only relief but to it was a sense of accomplishment that i've taken the right decision and uh, i've done the right thing for my kids etc etc it's a great great feeling and of course it was expensive when i did it as well so take patu's hint take my hint do it while you're healthy do it while you're young do it for the people you love and 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 try and get that feeling right i know this is a podcast about money but money can also make you feel really good and and you must experience that feeling getting back to the topic we love we love segueing right away from the topic so you said no insurance products and no fds until you know what the purpose is my question is now going to start going to the territory of controversial etc etc why are these products allowed why does the government allow such products which are which really don't do much for you on either end as investment or as insurance um i would say uh, uh, every product has got problems uh, not just um endowment policies i would say mutual funds also have problems and in fact um we have seen a huge increase in the number of mutual fund investors in the last 5 6 years but uh, many of them invest with a wrong perception in mind they believe that uh, they will get huge returns by just uh, uh, remaining invested in a mutual fund doing an sip uh, that's a flawed perception that that so i would say there's uh, there's no uh, there's nothing different between a guy who buys a endowment plan without uh, reading its terms and conditions without understanding the impact of uh buying that over the next 10 years what is the return it's going to offer what is the inflation of my need and the uh, um, uh, investor in putting money into stocks or mutual funds uh, assuming uh, huge returns just by staying invested so uh, i would say all products have this problem uh, the 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 solution is only financial literacy uh, the solution is only uh, uh when we um learn to respect our hard earned money so many of us don't do that that's that's my feeling we have to take some time to read the terms and conditions and understand whether this product is actually suitable for my need if if people bothered to do that they would know that the endowment plans offer anywhere between 3% 4% 5% returns and the actual realistic inflation in india is like 7 8% approximately and that is during a good time when the repo rates are slow uh, low and the cost inflation index is low and uh, now it will be a lot more higher so this means that uh, when you buy an endowment plan you're constantly losing the value of money over time although you know that the insurer is going to say you bought it for those nice words guaranteed returns assured uh, some bonuses and so on but the value is going to erode with time and you're going to be 
left poorer than what you were when you actually purchased the policy. So the reason why people don't appreciate that is uh, they don't do the research. And uh, so they get what they deserve, I would say. And that's exactly why we're doing this, Pattu. You know, we came up with this idea when Rajesh from the team said, listen, we have to do something with Pattu, who's doing the right thing and saying the right thing on YouTube. Let's do a podcast. And we very sheepishly and, and shyly and nervously called you up. And within three seconds, you said yes. And within a week, we were recording. And, and, and I hope this positively affects so many people. Coming back to my personal experience, right? So six years, I paid this premium of an endowment plan with some piddly summer short, etc., etc. I stopped paying the premium. I literally stopped and it went up into something called paid up. I don't know if you're aware about this, Patu, but it goes up into paid up. And hopefully at the end of this 25 years, I might get some small amount. I'm waiting with bated breath for that amount. So if anyone's stuck in such insurance combined schemes or products that give you insurance and give you some kind of growth of money as well. I would go to the extent of saying, I yes, consult a financial consultant if you have to. I must be legally sound with my advice as well. But stop it and let it go into paid up and do something better with your money. Do you support that view, Patu? I would say yes. Uh, because uh, whether you're uh, making it a paid up policy or, a, or you're going to surrender the policy, you're going to stop premiums either way. That is the most important thing. And uh, paid up or surrender is basically, uh, that depends on the kind of loss uh, perception a person has. And when when you tell a person to surrender a policy, they ask how much will I get? And uh, they, they're going to get about one third of what was uh, assured to them. And they say, oh, that's a loss. I tell them, look, that's a loss. But uh, if you're going to take this premium and put it into a mutual fund, uh, over after a few years, you're going to gain or lose that uh, sum assured every day in the markets, right? Because of the your wealth is going to grow. So you, you must understand that this is just, uh, think of it just as that market volatility. But people don't accept that. So they would like to make it paid up. So I would say it's fine. What are but stop paying premiums. Absolutely. And cut your losses. It is ironically put to you. Um, and we're not perfectly sure about this fact but it could be a fact that this is the number two selling financial product in India which is these endowment uh, you know these combination plans which combine insurance and and growth of your money after fixed deposits and that's scary to know um, if somebody wants FDs or insurance plans because they are low risk what would you recommend apart from them for any other low risk appetite person I would say, um, first evaluate your risk appetite and understand what you actually mean by low risk. So, uh, th th there is no... guaranteed <laughs> Yeah. So, um, that's unfortunately is the biggest risk we take and that, that, is, uh, that propels us to make biggest investing mistakes that we want something assured, but we neglect the fact that inflation is constantly eroding into uh, this assured sum. And we're going to be left poorer than what, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, what, uh, than what we were when we started the investment. So that's the reason why I keep saying uh, track the expenses that you have. Uh, what were your expenses two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, and look at how uh, it has increased with inflation. And that will tell you uh, if you project it out into the future um, how much your uh, 
uh, you know, monies, how much money you need in future and what is your benchmark return for your overall portfolio. So the benchmark return should be after tax at least equal to, uh, according to current inflation estimates, I would say at least 8%. That's sort of overall portfolio, everything included. And uh, clearly, if you buy something uh, that's endowment with a guaranteed or assured uh, uh, tag on it, you're going to get much, much less. And the only way you're going to make up is by investing a lot more. But very few of us have a lot, a uh, lot more to spare. So, yeah. so it's a, it's a no-brainer that you should not buy this. Very interesting question that's come into my mind when you mentioned that eight percent at least, right? So just yesterday, I was arguing with my parents. You know, we've had this sum of money uh, which belongs to my mum, and we've been debating for the last few months what to do with it, and have been very sideways, right? There's been no growth, whether it's SIPs, whether it's mutual funds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And now the bank people are really calling them up and hounding them and saying senior citizens go seven point two percent milra, and you know it is less than that eight percent, but it's much better than what's happening in the in the equity markets right now. And so we are on the verge of putting a large chunk of money back into fixed deposits, which I had to battle with them for three years to take out of. So it's a very interesting scenario in my own family. See, the circumstances are different there. So uh, we are not uh, everything that we have said so far is for a young earner. Absolutely. But, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for for a senior citizen or for somebody who is close to uh, becoming one, uh, a fixed deposit with a high interest rate makes sense. Yeah. Because most of them would not have capital market experience. They would not have gone through the ups and downs of the stock market. So any undulation in the market is going to cause them uh, uh, you know, stress. And uh, whatever we do, there should not be stress in life Absolutely. or uh, investing. So it makes sense. Listen to your parents, guys. We also give life advice on this podcast apart from financial advice. All right. And the googly to end this episode with. And you can shut me down and say, no, I'm not answering this. And we'll call a very peaceful end to this episode. But part two, you on episode one said you started investing and within eight years, you became financially independent, right? Financially free. And I can't wait to have that feeling. But that eight years seems to be kind of unrealistic for our listeners, right? I mean, I personally would have to invest something like 5 lakh, 10 lakh per month, for maybe eight to 10 years to even achieve a number that kind of makes me somewhat financially free, right? And that's impossible. So what is a realistic timeline? And so, how um, did you do it in eight years? No, no. Uh, first of all, let me clarify wh what I mean by uh, hitting the thresholds of financial independence. That's when you have a corpus of um, 30 times your annual expense for your retirement. So we can talk about why it's called 30 times and so on in a, another uh, Absolutely. Uh, a very, very cool it, fact. I've never thought of that. 30 times your annual expenses. Nice. Because it involves a little bit of math. So we'll get to that. Uh, but I want to clarify that um, each person's journey is unique. And in my case, it was a combination of two things. One is I have been investing a lot of money uh, during the sideways market between 2009 to 2013, the four years when the market uh, was not doing anything after the 2008 crash and recovery. And um, also during this time, it so happened my salary increased a lot due to different reasons, pay commissions, uh, promotions, etc. And so I was always, and I always had a frugal lifestyle. So uh, mm, I still that's use... That's the key, isn't it, always? I, I have never driven a car. I have never sat in the driver's seat of a car. I don't own a car. I uh, I have a smartphone, but my main phone is a feature phone. So I don't 
so um, my needs are very less so i was able to invest a lot uh thankfully the needs of my wife is also less that also matters you can't have two people with different uh, temperament then it's going to cause friction in the family so it's a combination of different things and uh, 8 years is it's it's not a benchmark or a guideline or anything like that it's a very personal thing i would say what what matters more is that uh, have the belief that you can be financially free if you invest in a disciplined manner that is the key to anything discipline is the key to doing anything substantial in life and uh, building wealth is more different and uh, it doesn't matter how long it stay it's going to take it's going to take us as long uh, as long as it's going to take but you must have the belief and the vision that you will be uh, you will be rich the, the problem today is yeah, let's take the guy who said um, uh, uh, she's earning 30k a, uh, a month uh, if you go to her and say when will you become a crorepati she will say i will never become a crorepati that's the problem you have to believe you have to tell yourself i will with my uh disciplined investing become a crorepati in 10 years 12 years whatever that's a goal have the goal it could take longer let it take longer but you are going along that path and that's what matters beautiful you know it's a topic which is all about numbers about hard facts and yet it always starts with belief and on that note believe in pattu believe in your future believe that you will one day be financially independent and we'll do it together here on get rich with pattu thank you so much for listening see you next week please send in your questions pattu an absolute delight as usual to speak with you thank you bye bye time to simplify the financial terms pattu and said used in this episode number 1 endowment plans or money back guarantee plans or simply endowment plans money back guarantee plans or insurance plans that are not plain term insurance these plans are a combination of investment and life insurance with different tenures and sums assured and that brings us to our second term sum assured the sum assured is a fixed amount you or your beneficiaries will receive from the insurance company If it's a term plan or life insurance then this is the amount that is paid to your nominees. The next one, term insurance. Think of it as a no frills life insurance policy that provides coverage for a specific period. If something happens to you within this period your nominees get the sum assured but if you are alive when the policy ends you get nothing. The younger the term plan holder the lower the premium that does not change with age. And the last one, repo rates. The repo rate is the rate at which the central bank in India the Reserve Bank of India lends money to other banks if the repo rate goes up loans become more expensive and when it goes down loans become cheaper this rate helps control inflation and stabilize the economy You just heard let's get rich with Pattu and Offspin original Isn't it the coolest show you've heard in the Indian podcasting space? And even if it isn't, what's the point of getting rich alone, right? Share this show with those you care about and perhaps even with those you don't care about. But make sure you share this show with only those who you don't mind being richer than you. The music on this show was created by Pattu's biggest fan, Rajesh Ravi, and everyone on the Offspin team had some part or the other to play on the show. Let me name them quickly: Arshdeep Nisrani, Krishant Das, Sandeep Banerjee, Arif Chagla, Anand Krishnan, Rajesh Ravi, and Heer Khan. Heer, by the way, is also to be blamed for giving Pattu his gangster look. 
which is how he looks on a daily basis. Um, and me, Sidan, your host. Let's Get Rich is available on all audio platforms wherever you consume your podcasts. So spread the word and we'll see you next week. You know we do this show only to help you guys, right? But if you're listening and you're that one person who has perhaps lost money and are holding it against Spattu or me for making you lose that money, then not only are you a mean person, but you also need to listen to this legal disclaimer. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any financial advice. Views expressed are not official positions of financial institutions or Pattu or mine for that matter. Although we strongly believe in them, listen to this disclaimer even more carefully. We recommend consulting a qualified professional before making decisions. We disclaim liability for inaccuracies or losses from using this information in our show. By listening, you agree that the host, guests and producers are not only awesome people, but they are not responsible for your financial decisions or outcomes. This is Offspin. Offspin.